Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for choosing us. We thank you for qualifying us. We thank you for equipping us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit actively working in us. We thank you that we can call you Father and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Wow. We thank God for the gift of life. Indeed, we must work the works of him who has sent us, who has qualified us to see today. Or while it is the day season of our life, because the night season of our life is fast approaching when we would not be able to work. I pray that the heaviness of this truth be revealed to us every day of our lives in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. So tonight we are beginning a new series I'm really excited about. And it's our uh, our last series to end our first year. Uh, if my calculations are right, this series we are doing will be the last series. And when we are celebrating our one-year anniversary, <laughs> we'll begin with a new series. So hopefully it will be a two-part or a three-part series. I'm still not sure. Three classmates. And it's a series that, especially for those of us, let's say, below the age of 40, 45. It's a series that I really think would really help us, really inform us, especially me. And as I go on, you know why. <laughs> so our new series is titled The Three or Three Classmates. And the three classmates, their names are, the first one is Joseph, the next one is David, and the last one is Daniel. Actually, this topic came about when I noticed, or as I was just thinking about life, especially being a young person, there's a certain agitation and a certain unrest or ease in us as young people to make it in life. And when I mean make it in life, I don't mean doing the will of God for your life, but I mean financially making it in life. I'm sure everybody has one point in his life has said that he will be a, the richest person in his country or the richest person in the world. For me, I have said that I'll be the first trillionaire. And just as the word millionaire came about, uh, I forget in a particular year, but it came about in New York, in the, in the, in the States. That's when the people became rich and the word millionaire came about. So me too, I've told God that God, me too, I want to invent the word trillionaire. <laughs> but generally, every young person has this ambition, especially due to the plethora of knowledge and information we are exposed to. We are seeing how people are rich and how they are using their riches. We have seen how people are enjoying a comfortable life, how people can just move from one continent to another continent just to buy an ice cream and come back. We all want to do some. <laughs> so let's get right to it. Second Corinthians 10 verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12. I'll be reading from the King James Version and maybe I'll take a mythic version and we'll go right into it. So when I read, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves, 
and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't worry if they themselves and they myself confuses you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll break everything down shortly. Let me see if I can get the message version of this scripture. Just to um, let us appreciate what we are reading. So 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, the message version. <clears throat> and it reads, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves among themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Paul is teaching us something very important. Paul is saying that for us, or he was talking about himself and his group of people, that we do not make ourselves among the number. What is he simply saying is that we don't regard ourselves among a certain group of people who count themselves to be in a particular elect or a particular class. So let's say maybe you are in the class, we are in the three classes. So I do not count myself to be among the sharks in the class. Some people today say the umbrella in the class, or the I don't know your country or your class, how they call the most intelligent group of people. But either the sharks or the umbrella or the I don't know <laughs> however you call them. But Paul is saying that we do not commend ourselves among that number of people. And the only reason why those people are regarding themselves among that number is because they compare themselves with themselves. And because they are comparing themselves with themselves, they end up commending themselves. And by measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, they are not wise. Paul is telling us that it is very foolish to do that. It is very foolish to regard yourself in a particular group only because you are comparing yourself with another person. And let me just share this funny story. There's this game, Drafts. I play both Drafts and Chess. But there's this particular game, Drafts. A friend came over to visit and a group of people have been playing some in the neighborhood. But I just mostly go and watch, like occasionally just watch. And so I wanted to play. So when a friend came, I said, you come, let's go and play. And I knew the guys were very good. Well, he claimed he was very good. So Charlie, the first game I won, second game I won, I, I was just rooting the guy. And sometimes I'm not really thinking, I was just making a move, Charlie. I knew whatever be the case, I'll find my way out of the situation. So the guy gave me an impression that I was really good. Because after I won like the first three matches, I was not really thinking. I was just moving the pieces. And of course, you have some basic that will always cover, have somebody behind you, that kind of thing, moving to the edges. But I wasn't really sitting down to pick a strategy that this is what I'm doing. I was just flowing. So I was like, if without thinking, I'm winning somebody who claims he's good. And I think one day when these people are playing, I should go and sit down. But thank God I was a little bit wise. <laughs> so one day I was a little bit free and I called one of them that, oh, Charlie, did I want to play with you? <laughs> As they say, the rest is history. The guy humiliated me. <laughs> I was sitting behind the thing, thinking like I'm writing a final entrance exam. Ah, I was thinking deep, and the guy was just moving. And then, so at the point, I became boring to the guy. Like, at the point, the guy said that I'm just wasting his intelligence. So it was like, oh, he has to go and do something. But I knew he wasn't going to do anything. I was just too easy for him. And I was like, ah. so I called my friend that then you are that bad. Old. 
But because I was comparing myself to that friend, I began to commend myself as a good draft player. So when you begin to compare yourselves with yourselves, you become a fool or you become unwise. Nowadays, we don't say you're a fool. We are a sensitive generation. So you become unwise. And Paul is teaching us that we should not do these things because those who do these things are not people who are wise. And we want to look at three classmates who entered into a university called the University of God. And they all read the same program, BSc, Doing the Will of God for Your Life. It's a bachelor's in science degree. <laughs> and they all entered about the same age, 17 years old. That was when they were qualified to come into university. And we want to use this story to let us appreciate why it is unwise to do that. Why it is unwise to compare yourselves with another. And whether you realize that of all of us, one way or the other, especially those of us below the age of 40, have fallen into this trap before. For me in particular, one day it really struck me when I was, it's about three, four years ago, my phone got stopped and I wanted to buy a new phone. And I found myself praying for a phone, like seriously praying. <laughs> oh, mercy. And I was so, at the point after I just stopped, why am I praying for a phone? Because when I look at the TV, all the footballers there are my age mates. The only people who are not my age mates are maybe Buffon and Zlatan. <laughs> but all of them there around my age bracket. And just 10% of what they make a week, I just realized can solve, can turn my life around. And I was so angry that, ah, which kind of life ah, is this? Small coins just to buy some phone. We see the way I was binding and releasing money, sending for angels to release miracle money and miracle phone. But you see, because of things like this, there's a lot of agitation that has been built up, especially among the young people, especially amongst us, because we end up comparing ourselves to ourselves. And so this podcast is to help us to relax, is to help us cure that anxiety, that anxious feeling we always have inside of us and you see there are many situations we find ourselves in we would be okay with it if not because of the person next to us or the person beside us let's say you get married and maybe for the first two three or one year everybody has their own thing for the first early period of the marriage you have been trying with your spouse to get a child you are not getting you may not be so worried about it until you start talking until most especially parents start talking or relatives start talking then you realize that the thing is becoming a concern but if it's just left with you and your spouse alone you will be okay with it or you might be okay with it and there are many situations we find ourselves in you might be okay with not because you are settling for less because you know that life it starts from one before you get to somewhere else or life is in seasons or you start somewhere before you get somewhere depending on the situation you are born into of course but immediately people, other people start to talk or immediately you begin to look across your shoulder and you see what somebody else is doing or what somebody else has got or what somebody else is achieving. Then an anxiety and an unrest builds amongst us. So this series, we just want to look at an answer to this counter that is amongst us through looking at three classmates who were admitted into the University of God they were all about the same age, about age 17, to read the same program, 
on the degree that they will be awarded, awarded with was BSc, the will of God for your life. <laughs> that was the course they went to read in the university. So as usual, the first day they went to class, they had to create a WhatsApp page. <laughs> and the name of the WhatsApp group is Second Corinthians 10 verse 12. <laughs> and David was the classmate because he had leadership. Okay, no, they all had leadership qualities. So I just want to take a perusal of the life story of Joseph. I'm talking about Joseph in the Bible, the son of Jacob, the last but one son of Jacob. David, the king of Israel, the root of David, the one that Jesus comes from. And Daniel, that great president in Babylon, who was a senior minister or a senior official in government for about four different consecutive kings. I really want us to take a look at their life story. And now, let me put a disclaimer. Their timelines are not accurate, but I'm just trying to put these three people's lives to you in a story form using the context that they were admitted in the same classroom. So it's not as if when I said maybe when Joseph was bathing that same time, David was doing this that same time, Daniel was doing that. No, but as I just give the story, I'm sure you understand. I'm just letting you know the background or the timing is not accurate, but just to give us an idea of what is going on. So now, let's first look at these people. Remember, there were three. All of them were called by God. They were within the same program. They were in the same university. So it's like you going to university to go and read accounts or to go and read business or to go and read marketing. So the idea that all of you would come out with a degree in marketing and all of you are exposed to the same opportunities and by simple thinking, have the same job and same profession which we know doesn't exist. But so let's look at it. Joseph, David, and Daniel, the three classmates. Now let's take a look at their background. Joseph was from a family that he was loved greatly by his father. David was from a family that he was not so loved by his father. That is why when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the king, it did not cross Jesse's mind that David was qualified to be a king. So he took the prophet acting about three times before it occurred to Jesse that he's actually referring to the last born in the wilderness. And now if you just look at Joseph and David, and that hint it gives you that being a shepherd at that time was quite, you were putting your life at risk because you were to lead the sheep in wilderness, in desert, in all those things. Which exposes you to which exposes you to wild creatures. That is why David himself said that a lion and a bear came against his sheep at some point, and you had to fight them off. That is why, in the case of Joseph, it was his elder brothers who the father sent to take care of the sheep in the wilderness, and Joseph was sent to go and look at how they are doing the work and come and give a report. But with David, he being the last one, about seventeen years old. So you can imagine that he was neglected to the wilderness about the age 13, 14, 15. Well, I'm sure he was doing it for a while. Now, Daniel, he there, we don't even know his family because we knew that he was a refugee. He was a slave. You know, Babylon came to invade Jerusalem at that time. And Daniel was one of the captives. Okay, I think that's the word I'm looking for. He was a captive. So he was a slave. So while Joseph was brought up in a loving family, loved by his father, David was brought up in a family not so loved by his father, as for Daniel, we have no record of who his father was. He was born from a broken home, a war-torn home, a disjointed home. So if I'm to use our current circumstance, maybe you can say you were born in maybe, I don't know, like Somalia, those countries that 
there is hardly ever peace in such a country. And Daniel was a product of slavery. Or Daniel was a slave because his nation has been captive. Now, this is alone should just give you a background. Remember, all these three were called by God. All these three were admitted to the same program. That was the will of God for their life. And all these three were about the same age. That was age 17. But you see how the diversity of their background, even though they had the same circumstance. Now, the next thing was that Joseph had a sense of his call. Two dreams, basically. You know, he had a dream that um, the moon and the stars and the sun were bowing down to him. And his brother's sheaves and his parents' sheaves were also bowing down to sheep. That was the middle of them. So he had a sense of a God's call upon his life. Two dreams. As for David, he had a sense of the call of God upon his life through the anointing that Samuel, or through the prophet Samuel, when he came to anoint him as king. So through that ceremony, David had an idea that one day he was to be the king of Israel. So he had a sense of God's call through a prophet. As for Daniel, he had a sense of God's call through personal conviction and the family or the setting in which he was brought up in. That is why when the king offered them the choices meat and water and wine in Babylon, he refused. Because as a Jew, that was not the food he was supposed to eat. And he didn't take his life lightly to be reckless with what he did. So the Bible said that, and Daniel and his friends purposed in his heart not to defile themselves. Look at somebody that God has allowed your nation to be torn apart, that now you are a slave. And Daniel still had the courage and still had the assurance that it is worth living for God. Wow, fantastic. Now, we are still going back. These three classmates, another thing to note, Joseph was not loved by his siblings. In fact, he was betrayed and sold by his siblings. As for David, his brothers did not steal him, but they did not like him. They saw him as arrogant, braggadocious. In fact, Joseph was so loved that by his father, his father made a wonderful three-piece suit. <laughs> but he made a robe of many colors. But his brothers did not like him and they sold him to slavery. As for David, they didn't think he would amount to much. So when he came up and he wanted to fight Goliath, they talked him down. And they thought he was a little boy making noise and trying to be um, all braggadocious, etc. As for Daniel, he didn't have siblings from what we are told in the story. So one had siblings that betrayed him, one had siblings that looked down on him, and one only had friends. But I hope you are beginning to appreciate what we are trying to get across. So imagine on their platform, these people are talking, oh, hi, I'm Joseph, and this is my background. Then David comes, oh, hi, I'm David, this is my background. And Daniel says, hi, I'm Daniel, this is my background. Look at the diversity of their family background. So you can imagine how unwise it would be for them to be comparing themselves with themselves. And many of us, as I said at the beginning, we look at ourselves as failure. We look at ourselves as with disdain. And many of us are in a hurry to achieve certain things. Because when we look over our shoulder, Joseph is doing something. David is doing something. And we, Daniel, seem to not be doing anything. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. So now, about the same time, like I said, the approximation. So about the same time, Joseph's brothers betrayed him. They first put him in the pit. Then he was sold into slavery. So I can just imagine that time when 
the, when the people came to buy him from the brothers were dragging him. Remember, he was asleep, so he was not put on the, the back of a donkey. I'm sure he was tied. His arms and legs were tied, or he was dragged on the floor because he's a slave. I know what the teaching were. About that same time, David was a servant or was the armor bearer of Saul because you know he had defeated Goliath. So he was about that time going to and fro his father's house until Saul requested that he wanted David personally. And as for Daniel, he was a student in the University of Babylon, Charlie. He was learning for final exams. So imagine these three people again are what's happening. Charlie Joseph, what they go on, Charlie? They are selling me to slavery. <laughs> I've been dragged in the desert for about three weeks. Baby, what about you, Charlie? I'm here carrying the suitcase of my boss. Every morning I go and polish his shoe. I go and wash his car. I serve him breakfast. Daniel, what about you? Charlie, at the university, I'm in the best university. So you can imagine at that point in time, everybody will be envying Daniel. Hey, Charlie. Ask me I'm a slave, ask me I'm a boy, boy, a servant or an errand boy. You are in the university enjoying air condition. Because remember, these people were trained so that they can be the best to serve the king. So at that season of life, everybody will be ending down here. But, hey, Charlie, you, you are going to class, you are having shots of the shuttle come and pick you from the dormitory. You go to class and learn. They will give you free food, free feeding. <laughs> they will even give you stipend. <laughs> so you can imagine at that time how envious and how fortunate Joseph and David would have considered Daniel. Now, we keep going. The next season of life, even though Joseph was a slave, he became liked by his master. So you know in Genesis 39 verse 2, if I'm right, that 39 verse 7, the Bible said that and Joseph was prosperous even though he was a slave in his master's house. About that same time, Saul was worrying David. And now David and Jonathan had to be coming up with various skills to know if Saul really liked him and what Saul's agenda for him was. And Saul was tormenting him. He tried to kill him twice by throwing a spear against him and all it failed. About that same time, Daniel had found university. So I'm sure by then Daniel was celebrating. This far by grace, I posting pictures. I graduated. I'm part of the top 10 in my class. In fact, I've been found to be 10 times better. And he's there having talent. I made it at 25 or I made it at 20. And for all you know, the king would have brought in a card actually. Since you are at the top of the class, you are not. I'm giving you a free Rose Royce Special Edition 1998 model. And David is there being tormented by Saul. Joseph is there being a slave. At least now things are going well for him. But then you can imagine how unfortunate David would have seen himself. Because when he looks at Joseph, even though Joseph is a slave, things are going on well for him. When he looks at Daniel, even though he was a captive, at least he had been found at the top of his class and he had been awarded by the king. Now, the next season of life, before we realize, Potiphar's wife is now framing Joseph. And Joseph had to be sent into prison. Not just any prison, the darkest and the deepest part of prison. Because you attempt to sleep, in fact, not even just sleep, to rape your boss's wife. Hey, mercy. And by that same time, David was running away from Saul. As for him and Saul, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine, about the time Joseph was a prisoner, David was also in the cave of Adulam. He was hiding from Saul. Two times he had the opportunity to kill King Saul, but he refused to kill him. And those around him were insistent on this guy. God has given this guy, but he still insisted that I cannot touch him to the goal. About the same time, Daniel had been promoted. 
So now he's beginning to serve. He's now a minister. <laughs> I'm sure for him, Daniel, which ministerial position would have given him? I'm sure they would have made him minister of interior. He was managing the internal affairs <laughs> of the country. When the independence day celebrations and all, he was managing. Hey, so you can imagine yet again on their WhatsApp platform what could be going on. Joseph, what's up, Charlie? My boss in Madame, she said, I want to try rape and I did prison. David, what's up, Charlie? This demon possessed man is hunting my life. Oh, I'm in the cave of Adulam. And can you imagine? Instead of God to send forth warriors to come and help me, he has brought those who are lame, those who are blind, those who are rejected by the family, those who are weak, those who are physically challenged. He has brought them to me that should train them to be an army. Hey. Daniel, what's up, Charlie? Let's finish my ministerial belt. You know, I've been appointed Ministry of Interior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel must have been enjoying doing that time. But don't forget, Daniel also had an issue to face because the king made a decree. Okay, that's even after I've been appointed as king. So now let's go to the next season of life. About the same time that Daniel was a governor, the king brought that decree that anybody who does not bow down to my statue will be thrown in the furnace heated about seven times. So the night before, Daniel and his friends were being thrown. He was up his friend, actually. Governor Daniel was up with Charlie. The king said, you should bow down to a statue and I didn't bow down. So Charlie, they are hitting my fire seven times. So you can imagine how Joseph and David were full of, hey, I thank God I'm not a situation. <laughs> and for me, they are in prison. The prison guard likes me, so I can't complain. David, at least now Saul has stopped pursuing me. I'm enjoying my peace in the cave of Adulam. Daniel is now going to face a furnace that has been heated seven times. Look at the various seasons of life these people are going through. Even though they're in the same university, having the same lecture and reading the same course. What delivered Joseph out of prison was his skills, his ability to interpret dreams. So he interpreted the buckler and the baker's dream. And one of them, two years later, went to tell the king. And through the ability to interpret the king's dream, he was promoted to be the second in command. What was David's arsenal to deliver him out of, or to deliver him into greatness, or to make him graduate? As for David, he did have the ability to interpret dreams. His own was that he was a man of valor. He was a man of battle. He was a warrior. Even though he had some flair, he was a romantic guy. He knew how to compose songs. He knew how to rap ladies. He was a lover boy. <laughs> As for Daniel, his own was excellent in skill, in administration, in leadership, and also in the interpretation of dreams. So imagine you are one of them, you are looking over. Hey, I wish I could interpret dreams like Joseph. Oh, hey, I wish I could fight in battles like David. Oh, hey, I wish I had the excellent skills that Daniel had. As I say again, both of them were in the same university, reading the same course, under the same lecture, admitted in the same year. Now, Joseph has interpreted his dream, and now he's made the prime minister second in command. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was around the age of 30. About the same time, King Saul has passed away. So now David has been anointed as king by basically the tribe of Issachar. You know that the people of Issachar, they knew the times and the season. So when the king saw that, they were not really sure what to do. But were the children of Issachar who knew that David was supposed to be the king. So around that same time, they were preparing the coronation of David. And as for Daniel, his other colleagues were planning his downfall. Actually, this guy, he's excelling too much. So let's go and deceive the king, King Darius, that make a decree 
that for a certain period of time, nobody should pray, nobody should consult any medium. So whilst one has just been initiated as the second in command, one is being crowned the king. Now one is facing the schemes and the plots of his colleagues at work. Now, the next season of life is that Joseph's purpose primary in a particular context was not just to save Egypt, but was to save his family from the family. So he himself told his brother that God sent me ahead of you because Joseph was able to recognize that his position as a prime minister was not just to do Egypt's good service, but also was to save his family, who were about 70 or 77 people. That's the people of the Jews at that time. And as for David, his purpose was to establish Jerusalem, was to establish the nation of Israel, was to make Jerusalem and Israel the envy of nations. As for Daniel, he was to influence things in Babylon. He was to make sure that he was always the one that was directing and ruling affairs in Babylon. So it was even him in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, that he understood by the books that the people were supposed to be in captivity for about 70 years. Then he started to take the battle in prayer. So even though he was in a place of government, he was not just there to enjoy the cars and the and the bonuses, the, your, your fridge being stocked, no pay, electricity bill, having the best of cars, no food, fuel allowance, everything allowance, even the water you drink, I do allowance of it. Yes, I'm getting the fattest salary <laughs> as African governor for you. <laughs> Mercy. But he knew that he was not just there to speak lies on TV and social media, making us feel like we are there for the good of the nation. And I'm going a little bit personal. <laughs> but he was there to influence things for the kingdom of God. Uh, the final thing is that Joseph was a family man. He had a stable family. He had a beautiful wife. And he had two children, Ephraim and Manasseh. As for David, his lover boy things. So you know, you know what after stealing some children and raping each other and killing themselves. So even though he was a family man, family was massacred. The external was now chasing him out of his kingdom. Hey, mercy. As for Daniel, unfortunately, he was an Enoch. He was castrated. You know, he was a slave and he was to serve the king. Um, those days they were castrated so that when they are guilty of serving the king, particularly the wife of the king and maybe their daughters, they can't have any sexual urge for them. So Daniel, be sorry for him, brother Daniel. This one alone, I would want to be in your shoes. I, I think I'd rather go with Joseph. But then I believe we are all looking at the various seasons of life. And from this story about the three classmates, I have some few lessons that I really think is paramount that we understand. And the first thing that this teaches us is this, that God rules and reigns in the affairs of our lives. This is why you should not be anxious about anything. This is why you should not be comparing yourselves. This is why when you see somebody in quotes doing better than you, and when I mean somebody, your classmates or your age mates or your group mates doing better than you, you should not perturb you at all. In fact, the only thing you should be, you should be happy for the person. Because you may be a Joseph, you may be a slave, and you look at Daniel, who has just graduated from the university, and you might be angry him, and you might be angry at God, and you might be bitter about life. But what you are failing to realize is that look at the diversity and the various scenes of life all these three boys went through. God was the one orchestrating the events of their life. And it's what I read the Bible is so sweet because 
apart from few instances, you don't really see the Bible clearly stating that it was God working behind the scenes. For example, something like Samson's case. You know, it was God who made something like one of the a harlots, a prostitute, so that he can use it as a channel to take vengeance on the Philistines. Sometimes you can say that the Bible clearly tells us God working behind the scenes. For example, the story of Job, we know that it was God that orchestrated things. But if you look at Joseph, David, and Daniel, it looked like three boys who were just living their normal lives. But little did they know that every step of theirs was ordered by the Lord. And then God, Joseph, guarded it. That's why Joseph told his brothers that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Because Joseph somehow knew that even though he was in the pit, even though he was a slave, even though he was in prison, he knew that some way, somehow, it was God that was ordering his steps. So that do you know that God is the one ordering your steps? Though he may look like he's absent, you may be praying that God, I want this job in this company I want to work at. My colleague who I was better than in class is working in this company and he's making this amount of money. Look at me. And the reason why we make all these statements and the reason why there's so much agitation in our hearts is because we are not yet rest assured in the fact that God rules and reigns in the affairs of our lives. I just saw a post on somebody's status. And it's quite true. You so that whenever you meet your classmates after school, most of them are really anxious to know what you are doing or where you are in life now. Not because they care, but because they want to know how successful they are or they want to know how better off they are than you. So let's say we all finish the university. And unfortunately for us in Africa, the dream is to work in the government sector. Or we go for a gathering and we see our friends around. Imagine you are in a car. You are so confident. You want to introduce, oh, hi, do you remember me? I was a classmate. The only reason why you want to get meet the person is because one, you are in a good job and maybe now you have in a car. And that person's, in quote, failure to you gives you a sense of satisfaction that you are making it in life. How sad. So if you are like Joseph, you are willing to be a prime minister in Egypt to be a source of influence there and to save your family. If you are to establish the kingdom of Israel, Daniel, you have to be an influence in Babylon and to rescue your people through your prayers. But all of you went to different scenes, different seasons. That is why when you commend yourself, because you are comparing yourselves, you are unwise. And this world has made many of us take certain unwise decisions. Because we become so impatient with God. We think we are behind. We think we have slacked. We think we are failures. Because we see a classmate who is married, a classmate who has a car, a classmate who is working in a place we call your dream job. And most often than not, that's not the case. Because you may see somebody working in a company you want to work at, but trust me, you may be somewhere you are getting a better pay than the person. The fact that the person wears suits to work, it doesn't mean anything, especially in Africa. <laughs> I can't say for even better rest. But the fact that your friend goes to work wearing a suit doesn't mean anything. Because many people are in air-conditioned offices that are getting, <sighs> their salary is not worth mentioning. That is why it's really unwise to be comparing yourself one to another. And that is why it's not, it's not why it's, also not wise to get a sense of satisfaction in life because you think you're having something that a classmate doesn't have. Three classmates.
And that is why they could trust God during the various seasons of life is because they knew that God was working behind the scenes of their life. So even as we end tonight's episode, are you rest assured that regardless of the season of life that you are in, as long as God has chosen you, as long as you are submitting to the will of God, as long as you are acknowledging in all your ways, God is directing your path. This truth cannot be overemphasized. And the only reason why we begin to doubt is because we begin to compare ourselves with our classmates. One of the most damaging statements is my age mates are, or my classmates are, or look at your classmates, or look at your age mates. We are talking now in our country that everybody is leaving the country. And the funny thing is that immediately you leave the country and go to Europe or America, people think you are successful because we take a picture in snow. But people have no idea how people over there are surviving. But just because maybe they take a picture and they are in, snow, they are in the snow or they have gone to have fun somewhere, you look at yourself and look like a failure. You wear the same clothes, maybe you are even better than them. And the only reason why we have that feeling is because we look at the other person. Just this week, I know the person was it was not personal, but a friend of mine started a business, and the person has done nice flyer, nice logo, telling, and then, and the guy had like, hey, have you seen this guy? I said, yeah, yeah, oh, I see, I see long time. Say, hey, what about you? You all your dreams have been telling me what's up. I said, what's up, Sasa? The only reason why you are asking me and you are feeling like I am delaying or I'm slowing down or I'm not being proactive is because you have seen a classmate who has started his and is doing well from what we see on the outside. That is no justification to take an action. Because even though you are reading the same program in the university, the program of the will of God for your life, your seasons and the pathway that God is taking you through is totally different. For we do not commend ourselves like do that do. For they, comparing themselves with themselves, measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. Sweetheart, I want you to be rest assured that God is working behind the scenes. Three years, four years, and now job. All you do is contract work here and there, but in Ghana, everybody's a businessman. But regardless, God still rules and reigns in the affairs of men. Tonight, we just want to spend some time not in prayer, but in meditation. I want you to really appreciate this truth. That sweet that you are not behind. Sweet that you are not delaying. Sweet that you are not slacking. As long as you are applying yourself to the instructions that God has given you. As long as you are acknowledging God in all your ways and is directing your path, you are not behind time. Don't make Joseph or Daniel or David make you feel like you are delaying time. Don't think you are behind. You may not be a Daniel who went to the best of universities and graduated top of his class. As for you, you went to the University of the Wilderness where you are fighting lions and bears. You are not behind time. Because whether you realize it or not, God is still working behind the scenes. But the thing is that if you do not recognize it, you may be like Joseph. And when Potiphar gives you an offer, when Potiphar's wife gives you an offer, you would accept it. I remember in one of the episodes, I stated something very important, that your ability to see that God is working in your life is very important. Because immediately you lose sight of this truth, 
you begin to take the wrong decisions. You begin to take decisions not out of the interaction of the Holy Spirit, but because you are looking, you're comparing yourself. My friend has started a business. My friend is getting married. My classmates are getting married. My classmates are buying cars. My classmates are working here. My classmates are leaving the company. They are not them. All of you are called by God. Someone will say, hey, I went to all Christians. This is your, I went to all executives. Why are they doing this? Sweetheart, Joseph, David, and were all called by God at the age 17. But by the time Daniel was made a governor, Joseph and David were still battling things. By the time Daniel was in the lion then, Joseph was doing as prime minister. Father, give us the grace and the strength to trust you. Give us the grace and the strength to trust you. And God is working. Sweetheart, every form of agitation to make it in life, you could. Some of us want to be in under 30, under 30, or 40, under 40, or what, whatever magazine, that anxiety, that unrest. Because we are looking at somebody at age 30, he started a company at age 30, he achieved this at age this, he achieved that, that unrest that is making us anxious and not trust you. Father, we lay it down at the feet of the throne. We come before your throne of grace. Our Lord, we because our flesh is really making us impatient with you. Father, we need your help. That our assurance is built on nothing else but faith in your faithfulness. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. God bless you so much for being with us. And I hope that you invite your friends because I believe this applies to all of us, especially as I said, below the age of 40, 45. Even the old people can affect them because when they look at, hey, I'm 60 years, we all have worked in this company for the last 40 years. I've been able to put up a house, three bedroom, I've been able to take your children to school. As for me, I'm, I'm barely able to pay school fees. And people, their situation is due to laziness and a lot of effective planning and submitting to the world. Some people, that's why I mostly the age, you know, 40. But as long as you are working with God, you can be confident that your end is his glory. I hope to see you next week. There's a lot more even in our second episode. Remember that no matter the season of life you are in, give God your very best. Whether you are in the pit, whether Saul is chasing you, or you have a family that has been hit seven times, still give God your best. And don't be angry at people. Don't be unkind to people. Don't be rude to people. But make sure that the only thing you owe any man is love. See you next week. Bye bye. This heart beats for you.